Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at udpod. Follow the entire internet network at you guessed it, the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcast for free 99. I know what you're thinking. Holy shit, a midweek podcast. That's right. I could not do it because, like, life's been lifing. I looked up. There's a bit of a chill in the air, a little false fall here in Atlanta. And I realized today was the 25th. And that meant that we were on the cusp of the last weekend in October. And listeners, if you're new, let me just let you know how I approach this time of year. I was raised in a state that sent its premier college football team across the border to Jacksonville every year around this time to play the hated rivals from Florida. Now, Florida was armed with uh, a fun and gun offense the funniest head coach who's ever been born, um, and the ability to knock George's dick in the dirt every time they played. And for the majority of my life, I've hated this weekend. Hated. But sometime around Ronzuk, things shifted. And now, welcome, gentle listener, to Florida Hate Week. Someone who's just been ambushed by this news is our guest today, noted Florida fan, but still my friend, Justin. What's up, Justin? You say around the time of Ron Zook. Uh, what was Mark Rich's record against Zook again? Eat shit. <laughs> I would say the tide turned probably Charlie Weiss, the Charlie Weiss era. The Muschamp, no, Muschamp got a couple. I said Zook because that's when things got wobbly at Florida. That's when we're like, wait a second. <laughs> This may not work without a strong hand on the till. <laughs> then Urban, those were weird years with Urban. And then Muschamp was a whole lot of lying to ourselves. We were just happy to be rid of Urban. I don't know what we are now. I know we're going to, well, no, I know exactly what we are. We are the let's, third best school in Florida. Let's what your programs descended into. Let's talk about some other things. Because this is the last not so great college football weekend in the in, for the season. We've only got a month left of the regular season. Take those Iowa unders while you can. <laughs> it's going up against at 330 Oregon, Utah, which should be a better game. But I know me. I'm gonna be locked into the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Which is why I must ask you, my friend, Justin, we've known each other for years. What the fuck happened to your school? Uh, we turned the reins over to a sociopath after three years of mediocrity with Ron Zook. The Florida booster class decided, no, actually, we're not content with just being a decent school. We demand excellence. And we let, we let Urban Meyer run the program for four years, four or five four years. Four very, very, five very, very, not just successful, but profitable years for your institution. Uh, and then, because Urban Meyer is a sociopath, he no, burned it all to the ground and left. We have never recovered. We haven't. 
whether that's because of Urban or because of the hiring decisions made, well, because we went from Urban to Will Muschamp, Will Muschamp to Dan, Dan Mullen, Mullen. and so Dan. Glad. It's so funny that you've men in black red thingy, you're Dan Mullen from your brain. That's really funny. We got a bunch of coaches that would have been good in two from that 1999 to 2007 era. Right. Like to be so a actually, good. So, so let me ask this. This is actually a really interesting thing that you just brought up. Would you say the success and sacrifices that you institutional sacrifices you had to make to attain that success that ruined Florida football? Because it's so wild that you say that. Because now I'm thinking like, like my big not big fear, but like. In any other era, you would have heard the Kirby to the NFL rumor, right? Yes. Any other era of college football. You win back-to-back fucking titles, they're coming to call it. Do you know what Kirby's buyout is right now? Oh, I would – if you give me an over-under for Jimbo, I would take the over for Jimbo's contract. Because Jimbo's has gone down. We'll talk about Jimbo in a second. (laughs) Jimbo's – Jimbo's has gone down. Kirby's owed $92 million today if they fire him. And part of it's that he won two titles at the school he played at. And it's just a young kid from Bainbridge, Georgia. I get it. But part of it is $92 million. Yeah. So knowing what's across the line from you in Jacksonville this Saturday, Justin, I ask you with the knowledge and the foresight and the experience that we have as college football fans, do you have a coach dream for this team? Because I don't want to break any news on this podcast. We'd never do that, but he ain't it. I do. Okay. I do have a dream coach. Like, Dream is a strong word. I have a coach that would be wildly successful in Gainesville, Florida. But if you were to ever coach at Gainesville, Florida, I would have to seriously con- like reconsider my relationship with the school that where my parents met. You know exactly who I'm talking. There is one name. It's you know I have, for the record. For the record, we do not discuss this podcast beforehand. We ha- I have <laughs> I I write myself little notes. One of my notes was ninety-two million dollars. I wrote out 92 because I could not believe the number was that high. I have three coach fears for your school. I have three names in a row. If you're going to say the first one, I am going to be very impressed. Oh, it's Dion. Dion's the first. Of course it's Dion. (laughs) But if Dion would ever, if you were to ever coach the University of Florida, I would have to have a serious soul searching moment. Why? What's he going to do? Lower the academic standing of UF? Oh, no. I, it, it has nothing to do with what he would do for UF. It has everything okay, to about, do it's with about how he got there. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, it it's the how we left Jackson State and yeah. all of it's, that and, and prime yeah. prep and everything else. Yes, I'll tell you right that. now. I'll tell you right now. The first Coach Prime commercial wearing UF blue, you'd be very okay with it. Yes, I would, and I know this about myself. <laughs> no, you know the moment I would be okay with it. The moment I'd be okay with it is when that first five star. Cam Newton Jr. Anthony Richardson 2.0 shows up when we when we become DBU again. I'm like, you know what? 
I've always said you can be principled or you can be good at football. I think I've seen what being principled looks like. I think I'd rather beat Georgia every year. And I think that's what it boils down to. I miss beating Georgia. Like we still beat Tennessee, but everybody beats Tennessee. That's not, that, that, See, that's just. That's that shit. <laughs> that's that shit. Um, I do want to point something else. I brought it up last week. Felder didn't buy it on either the camp. In 19, what year was this? 98. Deion Sanders wrote a book called Money, Power, and Sex. How success almost ruined my life. You can get it right now. Use on eBay for $11.87. Do you know what this motherfucker is doing in 2024? Writing a book. Elevate and dominate 20 way to win, 21 ways to win on and off the field. Now, it went from a book of downfall and rising from the ashes to what sounds like a listicle with extra words. The, the grift is drifting, and when they miss a bowl this year, he bought himself another year. Because now, if he makes a bowl next year, he is king shit, writes his own ticket. If he made a bowl this year, then the timeline got real fucking short because he couldn't make the playoff the next year. And the only way a grift like this works is if you're constantly improving. And what people are like, oh, he'll never hit Florida. Guys, Colorado was proof of concept. It was Look what I have done with people who did not have the money to pay me when they signed me. Imagine what I could do in your school. That's all Colorado is. And coincidentally, this is why Mike Norvell is coaching for his job every, every single Saturday. week. Let, let him good is that the up. biggest wrench in Dion's <laughs> plan so far. Good is a stretch. Being good Florida enough. State winning all these fucking games is a wrenching no Dion's plan. Because I'm because I hate myself. I'm watching these Florida State games. They yes. should have lost each and every one of them. Well, I'm watching them like, oh, they're not good. You sound like me talking about Dabo the years he won titles. Like, yeah, he should have, but he didn't. No, this Florida State team is going to lose to Florida, and I'm going to laugh my ass off when they do. They're not you know good. Not, you know who's not going to lose to Florida? Them fucking dogs. And I don't want to hear shit about who they played so far. You played the schedule that's in front of you. Some of those teams got worse after playing Georgia because Georgia's a wasting disease like Bama used to be. Now, the next month, let's have a real fucking conversation because after whatever happens in Florida, and it's a weird weekend, and I'm going to be in caveats, 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 and kick the shit out of those fucking gators. They got to deal with Ole Miss. They got to deal with apparently good Mizzou and then Tennessee. Like, don't good. tell me. Like, we're going to find out real fucking fast how excited I am about this team. Mizzou, good asterisks. Tennessee. No, no. Eat shit. That's a good football team. That receiver is a ball player. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. They've got, they've got a kid that I was like, oh, they can't, there's no one in this league that can guard him. That's horrifying. Like, that was my immediate reaction to watching him play football. Yeah, he's good. I will, let's see how they stack up to Georgia. I want it noted, I'm a little, I'm more than nervous about the game. I want it on record, just what's, we were, the time of recording is October 25th, uh, 7.25 p.m. I want it on fucking record. I am terrified of 
Mizzou as of today. Could change tomorrow, well, could change on Saturday. Today, scared. Um, I'll go over my I'll other coaching co- my other coaching fears for your school. Dion terrifies me. Terrifies me. Is the wherever he lands, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to deal with it one bit. I I don't just you're gonna land somewhere, land somewhere else. Don't land in the SEC, please. Uh, my second biggest fear, and this is gonna come to a head as things wind down at Bama too. I'm terrified Dan Landing's coming back to the league. <laughs> he turned Oregon into like just hit you a bunch, and I don't like it one bit. Remember when Oregon was the the flashy offense school? Dog, two years ago, his first game was against Georgia. His first game as a head coach anywhere was at Oregon coming to Atlanta for that Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Top 10 team versus Georgia, and they got their fucking teeth kicked in. A year later, that's a different team. He took that and said, this will never happen again. No, no. He took that. He knew it was going to happen, and and from here we can build. And fuck it if he hasn't. And my third biggest fear is Jimbo Fisher, because if you guys brought in Jimbo then it would just kind of possibly descend you guys. to. It wouldn't be fun to beat you as bad as we do, and I don't want that for me either. Um, And everyone's saying, oh, they'll never buy out Jimbo. There's nothing better for oil prices than uncertainty (laughs) in the Middle East. And guess what we have a whole lot of right now? Jimbo has a peace plan that he will hand deliver to the parties involved to calm down the oil prices. Now I'm I'm surprised because there's another name I'm surprised you didn't say that is also currently in the SEC that Georgia has to play soon. Who else am I scared of the SEC of? Oh, Lane Kiffin at Florida is a terrifying thought. I'm not scared of Lane. If there's one thing I've learned about Lane Kiffin is that he is dangerous, but there's a ceiling. There's (laughs) always a ceiling. And he will There's slam a into it. He will <laughs> slam into it at the least opportune time for himself. But he will he will burn everything around him in the process. Cool. He burns down. Guess what? He's gonna do something worse to your school than Urban did. I don't think so. <laughs> I can't, like I, that's a non. That does not move the needle for me. Honest to God. Maybe that's me being a two-time national champion defending back-to-back consecutively in a row, but. In my heart of hearts, I'm I'm legitimately scared of Dion just because I don't want to deal with it, and I'm terrified of Dan Lanning. Everyone else, bring him in. We'll show you. Because guess what? USC thought they could do it by hiring the hot young thing, and man, oh man, he cannot coach. It's like they looked at Oklahoma, saw all the flaws in Oklahoma, and said, oh, that's just an Oklahoma thing. That's not an institutional thing. They did the same thing every coach has ever done when they keep signing Nathan Peterman. I can fix him. (laughs) You have Peterman's back on the Bears? Yes, yes he is. The stupidest fucking sport. Speaking of stupid sports, um, so this year when the Harbaugh NFL member comes out and he goes, like, just know that, yeah, he was going to go. This whole thing with the filming, I think it's horseshit, you think it's horseshit. The rest of the Big Ten is pissed. <laughs> I did. 
I am more shocked that they're upset about it. It's the thing, though. You got to understand that for for the rest of the Big Ten, Michigan is that asshole, man. And they've been that asshole before they started beating Ohio State with an irregularity. He's just been an asshole. Like, there's a reason why he got run out of San Francisco because he couldn't get along with Jed York. He's an asshole. He right. knows he's an asshole. You know how much of an asshole he is? Every year, he hangs his team, this school, his alma mater, out by the fucking toenails and makes them beg him for the privilege of being their coach again. And this scandal, which I, last week I was like, scandal. This week, because the constituency is taking it seriously. And while, yes, when they're recruiting violations, two or three years later, it shakes out, you lose some scholarships. This is some shit that happened no later than 10 days ago. And so if I'm Penn State and Ohio State, and I don't know, maybe you're pointing to a date where Michigan started winning those fucking games. Maybe, just maybe. And the thing about it is, you look at their offense this year, and it's the 1939 Notre Dame. Like, it is fucking... 12 yards in the cloud of dust. They're not throwing the ball. It's not like they're violating some coverages. However, we have evidence of the impropriety now. Yeah. All right. When when you phrase it like that, I get why they would be upset. Mainly the framing of that is Michigan's, Michigan's a bunch of jerks. Harbaugh in particular is a proponent of jerk behavior, so... It's also like the sanctimonious Big Ten, particularly Michigan fans. You gotta remember these are the people who who think that they're better than you. And like the fact that victory could be tainted, the funniest way this ends is them making the playoff and getting kicked out by the Big Ten. Because if you think the Big Ten won't do it, the Big Ten wants to change their rules to get Ohio State into the championship game. Like they'll make up some shit. Yes. <laughs> yes, they will. And they're operating for an audience now because they've got new teams coming on board. Like, them being dickheads to Michigan is not impossible. And this, like, the, the fact that we're having this conversation and that for two weeks now, I've held off making Michigan State Hitler jokes. Like, the fact that I'm talking about this instead is why Harbaugh's gone again. Because these people have bent over backwards, left, and sideways to keep him there. And now he has a reason to leave? Oh, oh, he's gone. And he's going to go somewhere where it was welcome and probably not coming back in eight years. But Harbaugh, Michigan, the, the funniest way this ends is them getting kicked out. The second funniest way this ends is them winning a title, having enough forfeit it, and then Harbaugh leaving all in like the same month. Those are the two <laughs> funniest <laughs> That would be perfect. I mean, like, because for, for a while, this, like, Michigan was what Penn State is. Oof. It was a predictable yet somewhat tricky speed bump for Ohio State on its way to something important. And a few years ago, that changed. And I'm not saying it started when this asshole uh, started. <laughs> we have we deserve a better class of criminal. He's buying stuff up shit in his real name. <laughs> like, are we, am I a joke to you? Like, that's how the NCAA is going to feel. And the answer NCAA is yes. You are a joke to us. But, like, this is a slap in the face. 
How dare yeah. I, you have to burn. And the, the hint of impropriety around any of his successes in Michigan will drive Harbaugh into the waiting arms of some owner in the NFL who will say to themselves, I can fix him. So, okay. Go ahead. Of those NFL teams, which one is actually looking to get rid of their coach? You know the answer. I think I know the Say answer. Say his name. God damn it. It's Jera. And he, no, no. He'd fucking no. do it. No. Jura. in a heartbeat. He would do it in a know, heartbeat. You know, you know it fucking burns Harbaugh's ass that he goes to Thanksgiving and his brother's got a ring. The way these meatheads are organized, you know that his brother wears it at Thanksgiving? Yes. You know he does. Oh, this whole thing? <laughs> what do you think burns him more? That his brother won the ring or that his brother won the ring with Joe Flacco? The answer is yes. Um <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the NFL for a second. Uh, Justin, you're a Florida fan. You're also a noted Titan supporter. Justin, what the fuck uh, is happening in Nashville? <laughs> I was this close. This close. Just being like, F this dog water franchise. Like, okay. I can catch, catch everyone up on what happened because not everyone follows uh, Titans football that closely. Pro Bowl safety. Kevin Byer the heart and soul of this defense, upstanding member of the community, all that good stuff, right? They traded him away to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick and someone who was drafted in 2018. We keep giving them... We keep giving them good players for nothing. I'm going to ask a question that's going to infuriate you, but I do need to know the answer if you have one. Why? The logical answer, like the answer they want us to believe is, oh, it's a rebuild. And since it's a rebuild, you you get rid of assets and contracts so that you can rebuild in the future. Uh, Counterpoint, you can't rebuild with fifth and sixth round picks. You don't get rid of Pro Bowl safeties for late round Brock Purdy picks. That's not how you rebuild. Did your GM grow up in Philadelphia? My GM is a Florida Gator. Oh, you're being hurt all the time by this team. Yes. That's that's very funny. <laughs> for me, not you. That's funny for me. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you can do it like I'm doing it. I feel like I found the win here, bro. Just be a fan of football. I don't have to get I, heartbroken by the – for the record, hold on. I'm going to do this right quickly because it's been bugging the shit out of me because I, I noticed it this week and I can't unnotice it. Um, But you can do this too, man. You can just cheer for the NFL. Like, I'm here to watch good football. I hope both teams play hard, my man, because I want to break you down something because if I were – if I were to get back on that stupidity, the Falcons, who are first in the NFC South right now with a 4-3 and three dog shit record – the next slate of games for them, this is when I would, if I were to come back, it'd be today. 
They got the Titans on Sunday. Mm. Oh, that's dub. That's dub. Then home for the Vikings. That's dub. Then at Arizona. That's dub. Home for the Saints. Yeah, that's dub. At the Jets. Yeah, toss up. That defense is Home so good. for the Bucks. That's dub. At the Panthers. That's dub. Home for the Colts. That's that's a dub. And then at the Bears. That's a dub. Oh my god. And then at the Saints. <laughs> like it's gotten real weird. I the, there's a possible loss on that schedule. That's a really a possible. weird stretch of games. Hey man. <laughs> Look, if I'm not coming back, but if I were, today'd be the day. Because that's a stretch of teams that's going to get there. That that is the that's a record of a team that goes to the first round of playoffs and gets their shit kicked in. But <laughs> well, look what what makes it harder for me in our area we get Ravens games, so I get to see a competent franchise every Sunday, and then I go back to my team that gave away AJ Brown, the best receiver in franchise history, for nothing. Hey man, I really miss Todd Munkin. <laughs> Like, like last week, everyone was like, oh, this Baltimore defense, this Baltimore offense isn't coming together. I'm like, you know, offenses take longer to gel. Like, you need to, like, the intricacies of a new offense take time. And then week six happens, and I'm just like, well, shit, Todd's not coming back. At first, I was like, maybe Tyler gets sick of this shit, you know, all the pressure. And he's throwing out high fives and punching people in the press box. Damn it. Y'all had to prove it worked. What's up? My thing was, it always looked like it worked. The issue was, y'all can't catch. He's running and then the they started Stetson catching. Offense. He's running the Stetson offense with Lamar Jackson. Yes. So unfair. And like what what gets me is people that talk about Lamar Jackson that have clearly never watched Lamar Jackson. And like, oh, wow, you know, he's really getting it done in the pocket this year. I'm like, this is what he's always done. The only thing I say, when, when he got hurt, when he got hurt, was it last year or two years ago? I say, where did the injury occur? And they're like, oh, one of the scrambles. I go, no, yeah, hit in the pocket. Like I, I remember him getting hurt. Yes, in a pocket hit. Because when he runs, unlike certain other quarterbacks for um, the Indianapolis Colts, Lamar Jackson runs to avoid getting hit. That motherfucker in Indianapolis, your old quarterback, was leaning into hits. He had to the point where tra- uh, uh, your boy in um, Jacksonville. Trevor said to him after game one, hey, man, protect yourself. Hits in this league are different. Yeah, because Anthony Richardson was like, oh, I'm still bigger than all these guys. It's like, nope. Nah. Linebackers are bigger than you now, buddy. Well, even look, and a push goes to the backer, bro. Like, you might, you got some stuff. I'm not going to pretend he's not a big motherfucker, but like Cam's story ended short, too. Maybe you should protect yourself, young man. And you know what you really could have used? A franchise quarterback, a running back who was there from day one. Anyway. That probably would have helped. Um, anyway. You know who, you know who else needs to, to really, really heed that advice of protect yourself? NBA FC that happens to be built like a tank, but maybe not built for all these hits he's about to be taking. One Joshua Jaheim Allen. I It's the next thing on the list. <laughs> We don't talk. This is wild. Yes. Josh Allen, because he's taking these hits because he's not great at adjusting to how they're, they, what they've done to expose the place. So, without getting like two deep X's and O's, I'm just going to filibuster for a second here. 
The reason the Chiefs have been boring the last two years is because teams have parked essentially two high safeties over everything, keep everything in front of them. There are lots of intricacies and wrinkles as to why that works or what the idea is, but you watch Patrick Mahomes last year win a different way. He was throwing underneath stuff, he was throwing five yards, then you get games like last week where they're like, fuck it, we're, the cover two, we're going to try to attack him. And then Travis Kelsey has a roughly a billion <laughs> <laughs> Just, they haven't, there's a reason why you do the two high thing. Well, because so much explosivity, not a word, was happening in Buffalo, teams have started to do that to Josh. Whereas <laughs> Jordan has the ability to say, oh, they took away my dunk, or then I'm going to the baseline fade. Josh keeps trying to dunk. <laughs> Yes. And refuses to take the checkdowns that are they're there. They've being afforded him. He'd rather run around and hope for something big that's not gonna come. The Stefan Diggs, use Stefan Diggs as a clear out until they stop respecting it and then go back to him. You're gonna have to earn these deep routes that you want so badly. And you're right. He's getting hit a lot. That's the thing that gets me about Josh Allen this year versus the other years. He's getting hit, like not necessarily sacked. But he's getting hit a lot, and that adds up in December. As I remind everyone, quarterback hits and sacks are a quarterback statistic, not a line statistic. How do I know this? They're not hitting Tyrod nearly as much as they've been beating the shit of Daniel Jones. And unless you think this line likes Tyrod better, which it only happened once, and that was Dak Prescott uh, (laughs) Uh, in college. <laughs> also Reggie Ball, but that's a very, that's a funny story and a true one. Um, Tyron Taylor, these last few games for the Giants, like, how do you go back to Daniel? You have to financially, I understand that. But if Daniel Dimes goes back out there looking like Daniel Dimes has, dog, Tyrod, look, if you're getting hit less than Tyrod, like, Ty, you gotta remember Tyrod Taylor was the starter in Sandy, or LA, whatever the Chargers play, until the trainers lacerated his, I think it was his lung. Yes. Doing a pregame shot because he got hit so much. That's why Tyrod Taylor has been regarded as not a starter because he tends to take too many hits. He's getting hit less than your starter, Giants. What are you going to do? Trot Daniel Jones out there. They're in the Ryan Tannehill situation. You overpaid your mediocre quarterback because of a statistical anomalous year. You took none of the context around him into that year and said, here, here's our quarterback. He looked good. We're giving him the money. Never mind the fact that he had A.J. Brown and he A.J. Brown now, caught literally every deep ball. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, A.J. Brown was going to like, yes, you took away the best receiver in franchise history. And now Ryan Tannehill looks like dog water. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's almost like he's always been dog water. He just had people covering for it. God, I. But they've got franchise. a wrinkle that you don't have. They've got a confident backup. And that's a problem for the Giants. Yeah. They've seen competency in that blue jersey this year, and it was never Daniel Dimes. Here's my question, because I know I know why ownership is going to go back to Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. What do you tell the players after you go back to Daniel Jones? That's the question. Like, that's the real thing, because... For all the things I think about football culture, one of the big things is you've got to be accountable to the guys in the room and the guys next to you. And if they part out Daniel Jones, they have to put him out there. But if he demonstrably proves to be why they're losing, do we end up with like a PJ 
Walker, Deshaun Watson situation <laughs> where we've got a clear, like where they're just pulling the starter. Like he's not hurt, but he's not going back in. Like what, but he's not benched either. It's, it's some, it's plasma, not solid liquid or gas. It's a pl- It's right now. Nah, it's uh, you know, it's in there. I mean, what's the, ah, you're right. Like that's, they've got to look those men in this. And the thing is, this isn't kids. You can preach to Harbaugh. These are men who have families and fiduciary responsibilities and who are putting their bodies on the line to make some money. And you're telling them that we're going to opt into having a less possible chance of winning. And that's a tough pill to swallow, particularly in a game that's violent. Yeah. So I've always been, like I said, since the Falcons did the Falcon shit, I've been a fan of the shield. I'm a fan of being a fan of the shield. I'm glad I did it. But we've also in the midst of NBA tip-off, or as my wife likes to call it, oh, my God, basketball's back. Um, this is a safe space. No one's listening to this, right? No, we're good. Okay, cool. This is the first year where I kind of agreed with her. Like, I feel like the offseason was so – it was packed with stuff. There was Team USA stuff, and then there was Dame and Drew Holiday getting traded, like, last week. Like, I just feel like I just watched the Heat overachieved their way to another finals loss and now we're back and as a hawks fan as a hawks fan like i don't know we'll start in the east because i don't have a lot to cheer for as a hawks fan they got rid of john collins who i always will think is criminally underused they're going to go with this two-headed monster in the backcourt i still think it's a little undersized but i'm not in charge of this stuff but also the east at the top has gotten so goddamn heavy the Bucks and the Celtics, like, I hate to call it a, a race this early, but particularly with the upheaval in Philadelphia and an MVP who can't make a conference final, am I wrong to think that, barring health, that this is a two-horse race? Maybe this is my parents' Laker influence poisoning my view. But this is the same Boston team we saw literally give up within five points of an NBA Finals. Like, we watched them game six. They just quit. Within striking distance, they all just collectively said, fuck it, at home. This is a Celtics team we saw that let Jimmy Butler and what was left of the Heat, not even the Heat at full strength, what was left of the Heat, bully them for three straight games. They got bullied by Gabe Vincent. Yes! The Celtics should be like the clear number two in the East. I don't have, I have no faith that they're actually going to pull it together. That's, that's real damning. Cause not I, wrong. Because I just watching them, you're like, wow, this is a wildly talented team. And you just get bullied on the screen every time I watch you when it matters. And that's the important part is when it matters. It's when it's when the world, it's the Kirk Cousins effect. We're all watching. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and guess what? Kirk, Kirk got matched up against young Kirk Cousins. And now we're going to pretend that primetime Kirk Cousins doesn't exist because we're not ready to admit that Brock Purdy is just young Kirk Cousins. Brock Purdy, who's on the concussion list right now. Um, oh, that, that QB sneak. It was that QB yeah. sneak, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That y'all um, stop playing with that shit. So you okay? So you've taken down. I think that did feel very purple and goldy of you, um, because I would say that Drew Holiday, addition of Drew Holiday, adds an element that they never had before: is a steady force at the top who can not only be that 
leader in the locker room, but also has the talent to back it up. Like DeMarcus Dart, Marcus Smart, excuse me. There's always a he was the leader, but like you can't be in charge. Like yeah. he's like you, Marcus Smart dog. Like I'm sorry. Like Drew Holiday, he's got the cachet, he's got the uh, the, the experience, and most importantly, he's got the ring. He's got the thing that the guys in that room are all chasing. I think that could be something psychologically that might be good for them. Fuck psychologically, the Bucks are going to beat the shit out of people. Yes, they are. They're going to – Damian Lillard's never played with another player who needed to be double teamed? And y'all gave him this one? LaMarcus Aldridge just catching strays. I, what do you want me to do? You're not wrong. Say, I'm just saying. I didn't say his name. You decided – you didn't say C.J. McCollum. You decided to say LaMarcus Aldridge. You decided well, to say that. That was your choice. Well, come on. We, who, who's the best person that he's played with outside of Giannis? It's it's the Marcus. Let's. Is it? That's depressing in and of itself. <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've heard all week. <laughs> the best player. Hold on. The best player. God damn, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take back all the hater shit I was about to say about the Bucks. Never mind. Go get yours, Dave. You <laughs> earned it. Let's go to the West. And while I got to ask you about Florida and the Titans to make fun of you, God damn it, Justin. Oh, God look. Damn you and, God damn you and God damn the Spurs. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time, baby. I don't know how long this is going to go. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be fun. And that's what I'm here for. I'm just here. I actually watched pre- – well, okay, I always watch first preseason games. But watching these games and watching him, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. I have no idea if we're good, but we're fun, and I will take that. I'll take I'll take 30 wins of fun. You, Absolutely, I, I'll take that. I would say adjust upward. I'd say they could finish with 40 wins. It doesn't make the playoffs in this West, but they can no, finish with 40 wins. It if we go above 35, we are ahead of schedule. Because, yes, Wimbanyama is going to be that good defensively. Offensively, we'll see how it goes offensively. I That dunk I, on who's, I, who did he dunk on in the preseason? Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. Nigga, That's look, the one you're thinking of. <laughs> Thomas Bryant, like, what the fuck you want me to do? Thomas Bryant looked betrayed by science. <laughs> Thomas Bryant was like, wait a damn second. I... We aren't the same race. This is, when I look at that man on the basketball court, I'm like, how is he technically and me the same species? How is this, this man? This man nutmegged a guard, euro stepped, and then did the over under to finish at the rim. I was like, oh no. <laughs> the Thomas Bryant dunk, he threw it down from outside the charge circle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have a problem. The Wiggins block? He was in the... The Spurs are actually going to run... If you haven't seen the video, stop the podcast. Google Wimbim Yama. Just Google Wiggins block. It'll come up. It'll be the first one. Keep in mind, in that picture, Andrew Wiggins is six foot seven. He looks like your dad playing basketball with you and not one of those Disney Channel dads. I'm talking about an actual father who would not let you score. 
So defensively, yes, he is going to be a problem just because that length. Like, I need got- you to stop underselling Abe. This is the problem. There is a problem, and his name is Victor. Drop the Wimby shit. Let's find a better nickname. We can do this, America. Oh, Vic, Vic, Vic is it. It's Vic. You gotta call him Vic. We, we, we are of a generation where our grandparents used to watch uh, the stories, the soaps. We all know Vic. That's Vic, baby. This feels wildly specific. But there was one play in particular against the Thunder where he legitimately, like, he gets crossed. He gets crossed. Like, he legit gets broken down. And he just turns around and still gets the steal after being crossed up. It's, what do and you- that's it. It's the ability to recover from the natural growing pains of being in this league as a young man. It's the ability to have those not ruined shit. Like that's horrifying (laughs) to me. Horrifying. Like the Spurs are legit just going to post like defensively, just have them roam the paint like a safety. Just be like, okay, cool. Do something. And to be doing this in an era where you watch the Suns bring in this Three-headed scoring monster, although Bradley Beal's not playing already. <laughs> so, like, as I was, like, writing up the podcast, like, oh, we'll talk about this. I was like, oh, Bradley Beal's out with back. Huh. I'm getting got down. It just started. <laughs> Good luck, y'all. Do you believe in this son's reinvention? No, not for a second. Really? You don't believe? I, I do well, Okay, hold on. That- Let's. Like, okay. how are we defining reinvention? Well, as a team that was in the final two years ago, that's what I mean. I do not think they're getting back there, but that's just because only, Denver is going to steamroll team, everybody. Two players left from yeah. that team, which is like yeah. a level of turnaround that's like Deanna Colorado-esque. Yes. Like, I think they're going to be very good. I don't think they're going back to the finals, but I think they're, I think so, they're going to be as good as they were. What I'm confused by and like what I what I find intriguing about the Spurs is that very clearly the paradigm shift in the NBA has been in the last few years. You can score your way to a title. Um, Denver, their defensive numbers are a little out of whack because of pace, but they scared the Heat enough to try to slow down that game, and the Nuggets were just so efficient they couldn't be stopped. The Suns have apparently decided, well, what if we just score more points than and while I don't think this we, – we, we, it's harder because we just saw it not work in, in Brooklyn. And, like, and that's the thing. We, we, we just saw it not work. As I'm trying to make this case, I'm like, ah, he was there. Like, if Kevin, was, Kevin was one of the three that did not work in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, what a joke. What a travesty. And, and like that's that's not to say the Suns are gonna be bad. Like I think the Suns are, you know, top of the West, whatever. I oh. just don't Top of the West. Like top tier, like top four. Well, they better be behind those gentlemen from Sacramento. Actually, yes, right? they are. That fucking beam. They're back. Uh uh Zabonis is not gonna be have a broken thumb all season. Like this is that's my like sleeper. Like, let's see something for real, for real. Because I and I've been doing this for five years. Because mathematically, it should have been over by now. Last ride of the Warriors. As long how how many more wins can Steph will them to? Because that they're basically just held together by Steph's will at this point. 
but they're going to be outside factors testing that will. You've got, obviously, the Chris Paul factor, which becomes a real problem once Draymond comes back from injury because right now they're starting Chris Paul and Steph Curry as of game one in their backcourt. That's a small backcourt. You should have played to the three, and then you're playing from there. When Draymond comes back, he's going to be on the floor as a starter. What are you going to do? Because the whole facilitate thing, that's Draymond's bag, baby. Is Chris Paul going to come off the bench? And and normally I'd be like, oh, this is a silly question. Of course he is. Every time he's been asked this offseason, he's snacked the reporter. Yes, because he's Chris Paul. He hasn't handled it cool one time. I'm like, hey, man, how about you sell it for a second before I start doubting your ass? Nope. Uh, and now Clay wants four more years. And guess what, Clay? You're not getting four more years. You don't have four more years. They shouldn't have paid Draymond four more years. But here we are. The end of a dynasty is always an interesting thing. And I think this is going to be one of the more interesting ones because they put two people who, again, Chris Paul, could have faked it in the media. Draymond, they asked him, you never liked Chris Paul. What do you think of him now? We're on the same team. I'm glad I can help him win a ring. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, they- this and this is, is a team, mind you, that is in current in its current iteration because Draymond hit a teammate in the face for talking shit about money. Yes. And then that player got shipped away. <laughs> like the fact that Chris Paul is going to be a problem with this team, he is a salary dump. We all recognize him as that, right? Yes. That is exactly like, what he is. But he doesn't think of himself that way. Because he's Chris Paul. Because he would never think of himself that way. He'd be good and goddamn, no, sir. He's Chris Paul. So now I'm wondering how this feels like the basketball version of the Texas A&M coaching room where everyone's got a knife. (laughs) So who's Bob Petrino in this scenario? It's clearly Draymond. I don't see (laughs) the most dangerous, craziest one. Yeah, it's Draymond. Fair. <laughs> I don't even think it's a uh, a real debate there. Um, let's stay in the West for a second before we get you out of here. OKC, Chet Holmgren's back. I feel like your boy Vic has erased Chet Holmgren from everyone's memory because he's like, he's the future, and Chet Holmgren apparently was the present. Uh, do you see this big leap out of him and SGA for OKC this yes. year? Yes, 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 I do. You're one of the oh SGA believers, aren't you? And I've, I've, yes, I've seen, I've seen him. He is that he's he's that guy. The I haven't leap, watched enough. I need to watch more. The leap that the Kings are going to take have taken, however you want to like parse that, that's going to happen for OKC. It may not happen this season, but it is coming. Like that that young core is so good. And Chet is really, 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 really good. Like, don't let Vic overshadow the fact that Chet was just as impressive in that preseason game. He just wasn't nutmegging and doing step back threes and Euro stepping from the three point line without picking up. He Euro stepped from the three point line. I just laugh watching him. But no, OKC is going to be really good. They're going to be really good. And because I'm mean, because this is this podcast, I have to ask in year 28. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's your, it's your, it is your 20. I'm about to say, are you kidding? 
like this is getting weird um because it's not like i think someone said if you combine the last years of like dirk and like three other guys who played to this age they don't come close to the numbers he's putting he's gonna put up this year like it's he's not it's not the wind down like so for me when i saw lebron i was like oh the end of his career looks like him doing magic johnson being the point guard bringing it down and now it looks like the end of his career is like late career Carl Malone, but with better, but as a better passer. It's very interesting. They're they're docking the minutes some this year. I think that has to be done. We've never. This is absurd. They're they're docking the minutes now. Let's see how long. Let's see how long they keep to this discipline. Let's see how long they keep to this regimen of LeBron on 25, 29 minutes. I give them until Christmas. But that's fine. That's a that's a good on ramp. Like. I think that for them to do the things they want, they say they want to do this year, you've got to get the Anthony Davis buy-in early of, hey, this is your squad. And if by Christmas we don't have that, yeah, the numbers are going to go up for LeBron, but that's not because of ego or obviously it's not because of ego, but it's going to be because of necessity because they've done a very good job of rebuilding this team on the fly around LeBron and Anthony Davis. LeBron, who works best in a four-out situation, as we saw in Miami, as we saw second run in Cleveland, uh, as we saw in the bubble. Uh, it just happened to be that Anthony Davis was one of the four-out in the bubble, and that's never happened before or since. I think it's going to be interesting with him and Davis running picking rolls with three out, but I think they've got the roster to do it. Will they do it? Anthony Davis is my question mark. And yes, that's part of me being a LeBron fan, passing some blame. But also it is, hey man, step up or step aside. And he's never stepped aside, which means I assume he intends to step up. But it's the season tip last night. Like, we're here. Let's see what we got. And what we got was Anthony Davis just disappearing in the second half. And like it's not like Denver did anything to take him out of that game specifically. Nope. He... I also it's think one... that asking him to check Jokic on a triple double ring night is a different ask for the first game of the season. I'm not. I'm not betting. They ran him. They ran him out of the game essentially, and that's fine. That's going to happen. You didn't. They didn't game plan for the Nuggets. They're starting their season. That's fine. The Nuggets are a very unique challenge. We're going to make a lot of teams look very silly this year. Um, but I, I, I am, I've got, I'm like you, I've got the cautious eye on the whole thing because I don't believe you. You need more people. I believe is the phrase. Yes. However, All right, Justin, before we get out of here, the NBA Knicks, yeah. the all-star draft, returning to the East West classic format, like love or hate. I like it for now. I like it for now. The draft was fun. I think switching it up, like not having just one set format and switching it up. I think that's cool. And that keeps it fresh. Keep it fresh. Yeah, that, and I think that's the most exciting thing. They always change the rules in the NBA to keep us interested. It's one of the more reactive leagues in that way. It's been six seasons of the All-Star Draft, which is a lot more than I thought it was. Um, but, yeah, uh, team voting or fan voting, coach voting, media voting. There will no longer be a target score in the fourth. They're going to be standard 12-minute contest. And they're doing a lot of the reinforcement of the tradition. It's probably going to be in some of the framing for the TV rice deal that's coming up. I hate injecting sports business in the sports right now, but it's true. Um, the same reason we're having the in-season tournament, things of that nature. But exciting to have it. Um, Justin, you're very sad about your Gators. You're sad about your Titans. But my God, you keep drafting these giant, giant men. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like, I don't, couldn't you just like, 
Could have at least get Pop to be like, all right, I'm out of here. Like, now Pop's, like, signing extensions and, like, I'll coach forever. You gave him something to coach for. I don't like it. Okay, you think I'm giddy now. Wait until next year when the Mystics draft Angel Reese. I am going to be insufferable. Insufferable. Because, yes. We have have to go. But I will say (laughs) this. Asia Wilson at the parade. 17, 25, 17 in the back of her shirt. Love it. Is the the things you say you love about sports, you'll love about the WNBA, baby. These women hold grudges from college and shit. Becky Hammond counting out the money for her fine mid-speech. You have taught me everything is wrestling. That was so Ric Flair. That was so that, Ric Flair. <laughs> baby. She hit you with that wouldn't someone said. So I saw someone like a Dusty, like no Dusty Rhodes was the everyman. That was Ric Flair. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm stepping hard. These alligator fight uh, loafers trying to keep these gators down. Like that was some Flair shit. Becky Hammond's the truth. Justin, tell people where they can find you across these here internets. You can find me on Twitter, LJ90. You can find me uh, on occasion on ADD Space. You can still find our stuff at Three Fist Podcast. I'm out here on these internet streets. My man, I do appreciate you. I love having you on. It's always good to have you back. Uh, Going to have you on with Felder and with Cam and get the rotating cast back up and running and uh, cover some of these here sports. But, yes, yeah, Saturday is Georgia, Florida. Um, I really do hope your team gets its heat kicked in. Like, anything else, I'll fill up. Like, this is where I need to start seeing the ramp up from Georgia. I need to start seeing the seriousness of ass kickings to really begin. And I'm not nervous because I'm sitting, again, the last two years, like, how to play when you see me in the streets. It's just, yeah, I would, I, I, without sounding greedy, I think that this crew could get one more and not have to work too hard to get, not, it wouldn't take an extraordinary effort for me to believe this team could win the national title. I'll put it this way. Who can stop Georgia? Answer, who have you seen? Answer, someone would say is Michigan, and then my answer to them is, well, who's going to stop the Big Ten from tearing down Michigan? <laughs> this, this scandal, again, the fact that I can say scandal, college, and Michigan, and not everyone says Mel Tucker and or Hitler on the big screen is a wild upset. But here we are, because guess what? The us, rest of the schools are actually upset, and they may do something about it. Watch this space. We'll be back on Monday. Oh, that's the 30th. My God, this year is flying by. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week.